Did anyone come expecting a word from God today? I'm believing that as we continue in this Be Free series, I think this is why the enemy has been fighting me so hard and fighting some of you, because he doesn't want you to be free. He wants you to walk in bondage. He wants you to be in a place of torment. But we believe and we're declaring that, his, that no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. And every lying demonic tongue that rises against you in judgment, you condemn that thing. Because freedom is yours. Come on, just touch yourself. Say, freedom is mine. Freedom is mine. Freedom is mine. God wants you to be in a place of freedom. And so we stand in honor of God's word. We're in the book of Galatians. What book are we in? We're in Galatians. And I want us to read. We're in chapter one. We've been going line upon line through the book of Galatians uh, with this series that it is in, that is entitled Be Free. I encourage you not just to hear this and then go home and just believe it and just take it at face value. Go and study. Go check for yourself. Make sure I'm not up here lying. Come on, somebody. So here we go. We're going to read from verse 6 through 9. We've covered the intro. Now we're getting into what it is that Paul is encouraging us in regards to. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Everybody say a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who are who trouble you and want you to dis, want to distort the gospel of Christ. He says here, this is an important warning, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. And for emphasis here he goes and he says it again in verse 9 as we have said before so now i say it again if anyone everybody say anyone if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received let him be accursed on your way to your seat just look at your neighbor tell him be free come on declare it to them look at the next neighbor give him a high five tell him god wants you to be free come on now, one more time, put those hands together and give the Lord some praise, a good praise in this moment. Come on. So, look, I want to jump in today and I just want to talk because I believe that this is a relevant message to where we are. And I believe that it's strategic that the Holy Spirit would have led us uh, in this season to be able to talk about freedom. And, you know, I think that freedom is a topic that uh, sounds general. However, I think it you know, more specifically or with more specificity, our focus is on freedom in Christ uh, through the gospel. Everybody say the gospel. And I believe that Jesus wants us to be free. But as we've learned over these past few weeks, first week, we looked at freedom in terms of identity, being able to be free as to be who Christ has called us to be. And then this past Sunday, we looked at freedom from anxiety. Because we live in a world where the Bible actually prophesies that the days would be upon us hey, when men's hearts would fail them for fear because of the things that are going on around us. And so we believe that God wants you to be free from anxiety. And today I want to talk about something that's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, and we're going to be going deeper. We're going deeper still, even over the next few weeks. And I encourage you, if you missed any of these first two, go on YouTube, check them out. Uh, but I want to talk today especially about freedom from religious bondage, from religious 
bondage. And what do you mean by that, Pastor Andrew? Uh, we're going to deal with that. I'll, I'll, I'll share with you what we're talking about as we go forward. So listen, you know, I, I, there, there are some things in, in the world today that uh, and in our everyday lives that, you know, are counterfeits. And when you go to, you know, Walmart, right, they got that. Is it at Walmart they got the, the, the great value brand? Okay, Walmart. Who knows about great value brand? Okay. You know, they got the great value brand. I think it's no frills that has no name. Uh, and, and so every store, they come up with some form of a counterfeit, um, uh, or as we might say, even though bootlegging is something different, we usually would say a bootleg version, right? And, uh, and the fact of the matter is that there are some things, right? And I'm just setting this thing up. There's some things that you can get away with the counterfeit. There's some stuff like, you know what, like, to me, it's not a big deal. And you, you have your own stuff, I'm sure. Like, ketchup doesn't really matter to me. Like, ketchup is ketchup. Right. Like you need some Heinz. OK, so see, see, everybody differs. My wife, that's my wife. You know, to me, I don't give a crap. Like ketchup is ketchup. Right. It's got squeezed out of a tomato or whatever in season. It's, it's regular to me. Right. As long as it's not that as long as it's, it's not that no sugar added one. Like that's horrible. Um, but I'm OK with that. You know, uh, the thing I can't stand, I cannot stand fake cereal, fam. Well, like, I, no, I don't I don't want frosted floats. You know, like, you know, because to me, it's like you can tell, especially if you grew up on a cereal, any witnesses, like when cereal is a serious part of your breakfast, like, yo, fam, you just cannot deal with the counterfeit. And for me, that's something that I can't, you know, that, that, that's not a, um, that, that's not something that I can deal with. Like, um, you know, and, and then something else, like for me, I cannot deal with like when they make fake versions of gospel songs. When you grew up listening to gospel, the potter wants to put you back together again. Yo, I need to hear the original in case you have fun. Y'all don't know about that, do you? So I can't stand when I listen to those bootlegs. Listen, we were driving to, uh, we were in Rochester, New York this week, uh, you know, preaching, and God did awesome stuff. And then, you know, we went to Grand Rapids. And in traveling in Grand, to Grand Rapids, Michigan, we popped in this record of like, I think it was like 25 gospel hits or something. And I'm excited. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to listen. And I just, when I put that thing in there, it was just fake instruments and people that, you know, don't need to be singing anything but Mary Had a Little Lamb that were on there just butchering, butchering the songs. And so the thing is, like, there are things in life that we can get away with the counterfeit for. And there's some of you that you have and I have different standards in, you know, and things that we would say like, okay, this can pass. Uh, but there's some things that you just have to have the authentic in order to be able to experience it. But the whole idea is that this is imperative and it's important. And I just want you to understand, you know, I use this example and I talk about it in a, in a light fashion. But I would let you know today that, you know, the gospel is not something that we need the bootleg of gospel the gospel the good news you heard me talk about it i'm gonna talk about it until i'm blue in the face in the greek the euangelion the gospel the good news about jesus you do not you cannot afford to have a counterfeit you cannot afford to circulate and or dispense or disseminate a counterfeit and the fact of the matter is that history repeats itself here in the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul is fighting against 
a false gospel. He's fighting against the fact there are, that there are people who are coming against and trying to dispense and put out there a false gospel. A false version of what it takes for one to be at peace with God and to have the peace of God. Who's with me on this morning? And see, some of us, we look at this thing and we say like, oh, well, this is antiquated. I already know about this and all of this sorts of stuff. But the fact of the matter is that, as I said, history repeats itself. And how many of you know that there are some no-frills Christians out there trying to put out, and Christians in inverted commas, trying to put out a no-name brand of the gospel? Some people out there trying to put a, 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 a gospel out there that is damaging people, pulling them away from what it is that God would have. And so the gospel is under attack. The gospel, everybody say that with me. Say the gospel is under attack. The gospel is under attack. The devil does not want people to know that they can be free in Christ. The devil does not want people to know about the gospel. Trust me, I'm going somewhere with this thing. The devil's desire is to distract you from the sufficiency of Christ's free gift. With the trappings of religious guilt. I want to tell you, and I'm going to say that again. The devil's desire is to distract you from the sufficiency of Christ's free gift to us. When he came and he died for our sins and he rose from death with all power in his hands. What was happening in scripture here is that the apostles declared the good news of Jesus. That Jesus came, that he lived perfect on our behalf. That he died for the sins of mankind and that he rose from dead with all, death from with all power. And that all we would have to do is put our faith in him and our trust in him. And that we, at that moment, somebody say at that moment. Because some, you, you, some of you, you think you need to earn it. But no, at that moment, we would have eternal life from that moment onward. And, 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 the, and the, there were people who were judaizers who were jewish christians who at this time their desire was to come and they were like look no christ's free gift is not enough you not only have to put trust in jesus but you also there there were two specific things and we're going to unpack them more as we go on in the series number one they were like you got to accept jesus and be circumcised and so the reason why circumcision was important to them is because as Jews, especially natural Jews, they were a part of God's covenant people and circumcision, the circumcision of the foreskin of a male was what brought them into the, into, uh, the, the family of God or Judaism at that time. And so when Christ came and died for the sins of mankind, no one was ever in a position ever again where they were, they had to be circumcised. Can I just lay some foundation? In order to have favor with God or be in the family of God, they simply would have to put faith and trust in the free gift that God had given them through living and dying on the behalf of their, for their sins. And they would be straight in that moment. But these Jews, the Judaizing Christians of that time, no shade against Jews or anything of this nature. But at that time, they were trying to upset the gospel where instead of saying Christ's free gift is sufficient, 
They were trying to say, it's Jesus plus circumcision. Not only this, it was Jesus and it was the law in total, but especially the points of focus were circumcision and days of worship. And so the focus, if you look through here, they're like, you got to accept Jesus, be circumcised, keep Sabbaths and holy days. And see, some of you, you're like, what in the world are you talking about? I want to guard you and I want to arm you because you, if you just, if you stay up long enough, if you get online long enough, you are going to see some people on TV. You are going to encounter some people that come knocking at your door. You are going to meet some people on your jobs that tell you that you are not a Christian because you don't go to church on the Sabbath day. They're going to tell you that you are not a Christian because you are not circumcised. They're going to tell you you are not a Christian because of some observance or the lack thereof as it pertains to the law. You need to go and you need to do X, Y, and Z and start observing feast days and holy days. Things that pointed to Jesus. And we now in Christ have fulfillment and we don't need the observance of these things. And so there are people, and that's why I'm telling you, I, I, I grew up in an environment like that. And can I tell you, can I just let you know that religious bondage is the worst form of bondage. Some of y'all know, see, 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 religious bondage can do you worse than crack cocaine. Religious bondage can jack your mind up and have you thinking that you're serving God while you're deteriorating. And I remember if I could just share with you when I was a kid and I was a part of an organization that believed that you would have you have to observe the seventh day Sabbath from sun up on Friday to sundown on Saturday. And uh, this was something that we did weekly and it was to be a joy and all of this sorts of stuff. And ultimately, the bottom line is we were taught that if you did not do so, that you were going to go to hell. Because uh, the Antichrist and all and, and the entire system of Satan was hinged and wrapped around your observance of a day of worship or the lack thereof, right? And so there were things that we were unable to do on Saturdays. And so I grew up, I didn't know anything about Saturday morning cartoons. Who likes Saturday morning cartoons? Did you grow up watching Saturday morning cartoons? Okay, yeah. I didn't know anything about any of those. We woke up first thing in the morning, you know, there was, and, and, and the thing was we were allowed to watch Jesus shows, right? And so we could watch Jesus shows. I want you to just understand, think about the destruction, the destructive thinking of a child. I look at my son and I can almost cry when I think about my son. He just turned 11 to, uh, two days, was it yesterday or two days ago? Two, on Thursday, huh? Yesterday, oh my gosh. He just turned 11. Can we celebrate Gabriel and his 11th birthday? I love you, son. But when I was younger than him, because we couldn't watch TV on Sabbath, right, for example, what would happen is we could watch Jesus, and this is, this is back in the VHS days. You don't know, some of y'all don't even know what a VHS tape is. And so I remember in between, we put the, the, the tape of McGee and Me or Salty the Singing Songbook in the VCR, and what would happen, see some of y'all know about Salty, eh? Okay. And so we would put it in there. And what I didn't understand, and this is what would happen. We were taught that if you watched even a commercial on Sabbath, you were going to hell. So as a little kid, seven years old, I'm putting the, the VHS tape into the, the thing. 
And what we would do is, you know how when the VHS, if you're changing the VHS tape, if when you take it out, the, um, the TV will come back on before you put the, the, the TV back? So, the, so what would happen is, I would, I would, between changing the tapes, I'd have to mute the TV, close my eyes, so I couldn't see the commercial, put the, the tape inside, the, the new tape in, wait for it to go in, and then make sure that I press the AV button or whatever it was, and then turn on. Then I can open my eyes, and then I could look at what was going on. Because I was so frightened because of the religious bondage that I grew up in. I didn't want to go to hell for looking at a commercial. And so as a result, as a child, why should no child should ever have to go through that. Because I wanted to honor God and I felt like I was going to hell. I know I'm not the only one in here today. I don't know what religion. Some of you, you grew up in religious bondage. Come on. People telling you you couldn't wear pants because pants was going to send you to hell. People telling you couldn't go to the movie theater because the movie, if Jesus came back when you were in the movie theater, you were going to hell. Am I the only person? Y'all looking at me crazy. But I know you, some of y'all didn't get your ears pierced till you were 25. I didn't see my first movie till I was in my 20s because if Jesus came back when I was in the movie theater, I was going to hell. That was what we were taught, living in bondage. Can't, we're in the, taking scripture out of context and attaching it to the gospel. You wearing pants, you going to hell. Do you know how what an insult it is to Jesus? Come on, to put bondage upon a child, to put bondage upon an individual, to tell them that something that they do or don't do or that their dress code is going to determine their salvation. When God went through all the trouble of coming from heaven, I wonder if I have a church that gets this thing and put on human flesh lived perfect and died for my sins and rose from the dead and you're telling me that my salvation is hinged on a pair of pants teaching stuff and attaching it to the gospel and this is why i say the gospel is under fire no baby i'm telling you sabbath is not going to save you sabbath observance is not going to save you wearing skirts that make you look like sister mary clarence is not going to save you come on somebody the fact of the matter is trust and faith in the gospel the euangelion the good news about jesus that he was perfect because we were imperfect and no matter what my dress code no matter how many earrings i got the fact of the matter is that none of those things could earn me or disqualify me from salvation it's trust and faith in the lord and what he did oh y'all ought to be a lot more excited i just feel some of y'all you might have even walked in with that bondage today you thought that the length of your hair determined your salvation come on and i'm here to tell you today that jesus died for your sins so that you could be free be free from religious guilt today Stuff that's not even relevant or related to the gospel. We are under bondage, living in a place. I grew up, I didn't have my first piece of shrimp till in my 20s. Because shrimp was sending you to hell too. Bacon was sending you to hell. I only had one piece of bacon in my whole life. Some of y'all are like, oh my gosh. <laughs> because the fact of the matter is all that's sending you to hell. You grow up in this bondage and it's like my salvation is hinged on a pork chop and we laugh and it's comical but the fact is that there are people who are in this bondage there are churches all over this place that believe this stuff and that push it on people and make them question and doubt their salvation when in truth it is not the gospel of jesus one more time say the gospel is under attack i came for it today there's a movie called seven pounds anybody seen seven pounds Will Smith, he 
you know, he's in a position where he's driving down the road and he, you know, and he's uh, reading his email. As he's reading his email, uh, his family's in the car and all this stuff. He's not paying attention and his whole family dies. And as a result of his negligence and what he did, his entire family dies in the car, everyone except him. And so he literally goes through his life trying to repay and trying to literally slow, slowly he just kills himself bit by bit by giving his own body parts to people that are in need. Up until he literally kills himself. Because he goes through his life feeling this guilt and this shame because of the mistake that he made. And he goes through his life to the place where he kills, ultimately kills himself by giving his body away because of the mistake that he made. And many of you are seven pounds Christians. Because of the mistakes that you made, can I just break it down for somebody today? Because of the mistakes that you made and the religious context that you're in, the televangelist that comes on late on the TV, the faults, the freedom thieves that are in your life today, you may be in a place where they're attacking your freedom and trying to get you to, to, to be to the place where, where your trust and faith in Christ, in the free gift that he's given you, they tell you that's not enough. That's not enough. But I declare and I believe that there is freedom for us today. The Apostle Paul, he says, if we go to the text, Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ. Remember we learned last week about grace. It's the favor, the love, the kindness, the work of the Lord given to us as a gift. It's, it's, it's undeserving, it's unmerited, and he gives it to us as a gift. He says, you've been called to that. And you leave that so quickly to go on to something that is worse, to a false gospel. You know, I think about my kids. If you got kids, it's interesting because, you know, especially my kids, you will give them the greatest gift ever. You can spend $200 on that gift. You, you know, and the amazing thing, I've seen my kids, all 11 years of my son, I've seen him. It's, been, it's, it's insane. My kids will take that toy out and they'll play with that toy for like five minutes and then they'll spend more time with the box than they do the toy. My daughter has literally gone and played in the, left her toy over there and went and started playing in the garbage. And it blows my mind. Maybe I'm the only parent that's ever experienced something like that. And I'm like, it blows my mind. Because I'm like, I gave you this gift and you so quickly, you would rather play with the box. You would rather play with the trash them play with this gift that was invested this is the way paul's saying i'm so astonished that after the gospel of grace the love of god that has been extended to you that you're so quickly removed that you go back and you so quickly go back to what it is that you that you have heard and I, i'm telling you this man i mean his desire for those of you there are some of you who you're just hearing about this jesus thing you're just getting connected and you know what satan's desire is satan's desire is for this thing that you're hearing not to take root in your heart his desire is for you to hear it and to taste test it to taste test it but not to actually let it take root in your heart and in matthew in the book of matthew matthew chapter 13 and i'm taking my time with this stuff because i want i want freedom to happen somebody say be free matthew chapter 13 matthew chapter 13 you can write it i'm just going to go quickly verse 18 through 21 the Bible says, hear then the parable. Jesus tells a parable about a sower who throws seed and the different types of ground that, uh, which represents our heart and how we receive it. 
The parable of the sower, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom or the gospel, the good news about Jesus, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away, snatches away what has been sown into his heart. This is what was sown along the path. It says, as for what was sown on rocky ground, listen carefully, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself but endures for a while. And when tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. Here it is. When the word goes out, even as I'm preaching to you right now, the devil's is okay with you immediately getting excited about it. The devil's okay with a quick response. For those of you who've gotten saved and baptized and all this within the, 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 the recent few months, he's okay with that. What he's not okay with is you letting this thing take root in your heart. Because when it doesn't take root in your heart, so it is. This is what happens like what Paul is rebuking them uh, in regards to the Galatians. In, in Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, he's astonished that so quickly that they've been removed from that which they heard. And there are some of you, listen, if you have been saved for any period of time and you're still wrestling with whether or not you are saved or going to heaven... You have not truly received the gospel. Someone comes up to you and asks you, are you saved? You're like, child, I don't know today. That person that cut me off this morning, I don't know. It's like, hold up. No, fam, you don't understand the gospel. You, you, you don't get it. You don't get it. If you have to get saved every Sunday, you don't get it. It's not about, oh, this week I messed up, so now I got to get saved again. No. When you put trust in Christ, you have eternal life. Somebody say eternal life. Let me ask you a question. This is just logic. If something stops, was it eternal? By definition, eternal means that it starts and it keeps on going. Or some things in the case of, of God, he's immortal. He don't have a beginning or an end. But something that's eternal when you receive it, it's something that starts. And if you put trust in Christ, it never stops or it wasn't eternal. Many of you are living in bondage and you are not in a place of freedom. And I just came to declare, be free in Christ and in the gospel. Stop letting people frustrate your, you know, the reason why you, some of you are not experiencing victory in the areas of your life where there's weakness is because you have not put trust fully in Christ's sacrifice on your behalf. That's why when you stop focusing on, oh man, I'm a, I'm a mess, I messed up and I need to do this and, other, and start focusing on Jesus. That's when stuff starts. That's when breakthrough truly comes in your life. Breakthrough doesn't happen through focusing on sin. Breakthrough happens by focusing on Jesus. Oh man, y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to dance to myself because y'all looking at me crazy. The bottom of the, I want you to understand this is where victory is. It doesn't happen through our obsessing over sin happens through focusing on jesus how is your gaze on christ are you looking at his all sufficiency are you looking at your imperfection where's your focus so he says i'm astonished verse six that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of christ and are turning to a different gospel there's a counterfeit he says not that there are, is another one but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Can I give you point number one? Here it is. Point number one. It's very simple. It says there is only 
one gospel. I don't care what type of no-name brand comes out there to you and people professing. You know that just because it says church on the outside of a building don't mean that they're part of Christ's church? And some of you, you just, you just get duped by every, especially the reason why many of us cannot figure out. And, I, and listen, for some of you in here, you're like, oh, he's saying that holy, we don't have to live holy. Holiness is not right. No, I'm not talking about your Christian life. I'm talking about some of you can't even get past the fact that you are not the one who earns your salvation. And you are not resting in Christ even for that. There is only one gospel. There are many of us who the reason why you can't identify it is because the counterfeit makes you feel good. Makes you feel good. You know, you know, uh, uh, the reason why the no name brand, many of us, it attracts us is because it costs less. Cheap mugs. And choose to say that it's frugal. It costs less to buy the no name brand. And so you're okay with, with compromising for the counterfeit because it makes you feel better that you saved a few bucks. I'm here to tell you that the gospel itself might cost you a little bit more. Come on. There might be, hey, I just feel this thing. There might be some friends that you might have to lose. Come on. There might be some relationships that you give up. There might be some things in your lifestyle that you have to lay down. It might cost you a little more to get the authentic gospel and to put your trust in Christ in that regard. But how many of you know that even though it costs more, that is well worth it in comparison to the counterfeit? There's no other gospel. There's only one gospel. And I love about Paul is his understanding of the gospel. The gospel is under attack. Because I'm telling you, look on social media. Everybody trying to discount who Jesus is. Oh, there's Horace and there's this individual a long time ago. And this is just, there's Christ consciousness. And oh, you guys just need to be awakened to Christ consciousness. And Buddha and Muhammad and all of these guys are the same and all this stuff. And we're just, just all relative. And how many of you know that the devil is a liar? Come on. The fact is that there is only one gospel and there is only one Jesus. And Jesus is not the same as Sudarta Gautama. Jesus is is not the same as Muhammad come on and there's only one way to God come on and this same Jesus that people try to put in a group with others says in John 14 6 I am the way the truth and the life I am the way not a way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father but through me so how are you putting Jesus in a category with Buddha and saying that Jesus is okay with you trusting in Buddha when Jesus says he's the only way? There's only one gospel. Is that okay if I just declare some? And, and, and for those who are unaware of what I'm talking about, write 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4 down. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4, the apostle Paul gives and outlines especially what the gospel is that he is referring to. But notice what Paul says in, for, in Galatians chapter uh, 1 is where we're at. And he says that many of you have turned away to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Here's point number two. Somebody say, give it to me if I can give it to you. Here it is. Beware of freedom thieves and don't become one. Beware of freedom thieves and don't become one. 
What do you mean by this? There are people, as I shared, there are televangelists. And if you haven't met one of them yet, there are people that come and knock on your door. You better know what you believe because they will jack you up and they will mess you up and get you into a place of religious bondage. If you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. Come on, somebody. And it's got, we've got to get to the place where we are, where we understand that there are people who are out there to try and distract. And as I said, sometimes it's hard for us to recognize it because what is said makes us feel good the bible actually says in second timothy chapter 4 verse 3 write it down second timothy chapter 4 there's three that sub that the days will co be coming in especially in these days when people will be heaping to themselves teachers having itching ears they're looking see the fact of the matter is that the reason why many of us cannot recognize freedom thieves is because they make us feel good it makes you feel good that you don't have to tell somebody, hey, the way that you're going, that's actually not the right way. You want to just be, you want to be, can't we all just get along? You want to be like that coexist bumper sticker thing. You know, you want, you want it to be okay. Is it okay if I just mess stuff up for a second? Because I mean, that, I know this isn't popular preaching. We just all need to be inclusive and, you know, Jesus and Buddha and all these guys are cool. And we just need to drink nice, cool coffee, overpriced coffee, and we're just going to be cool and we're just going to all make it there. And I know it's going to take some, you know, different paths for us to get there. But, you know, some of you, you call it the way. And some of you, you call it the light. And some of you, you call it enlightenment. And some of you, you call it salvation. But we're all talking about the same thing. God is just this big elephant and, you know, you might see the head and you might see the no the devil is a liar there is only one gospel and only one way and a cipher can i just stand flat-footed there is only one jesus and salvation comes alone through him okay man i'm not patty cake and i don't care if you don't like me i want to tell you the truth beware of freedom thieves and some of us you're addicted to bondage that's why you like holiness or hell preaching that's why you like people to come and tell you that you need to get right brother you need to get right and you need to pull down that skirt and you need to pull out them earrings or you're going to hell you like that stuff because you're addicted to bondage you know how you know there's some people there's a, there's a type of 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 uh, of uh, of sex you know like bondage sex and there are people and and torment and torture sex and people like they're actually titillated by people torturing them and, and, and doing things that are hurtful to them. Some of y'all looking at me crazy like you never heard of that stuff. But there's people who enjoy bondage and they enjoy torture. And you've been in a place where you are, you are in mental dysfunction. Where you literally, because of how you were raised, you enjoy operating in this sort of a manner. You are titillated by people telling you that you need to do more than accept Christ and his free gift. But can I help somebody to understand that you can be free and you need to be free. And if you're thinking that way, you need to let it go. And there's freedom for you through Christ in the house today if you believe there's freedom in christ go ahead and give the lord praise in this moment i know it's not popular but i want to see you free you know when it comes to counterfeit money when it comes to counterfeit money you know when there's counterfeit money there are people who will uh you know when you go to the store especially in the states you know where we live for 14 years if you come in there with a with a fake hundred dollar bill somebody behind the counter they got a pen fam and they come out with this pen and they, you know, mark on the, on the bill. Uh, if there's no mark, it will say this is a real bill. This is a genuine bill. But if you mark on that bill and it, there's a black mark on it, you came up, up in there with some Monopoly money.
And so there are signs on the bills. You got to test the thing. Come on, somebody. And when you test it, when you test it, there is a sign. There are signs that will show that where it is or what is being produced out of this, 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 this. And speaking in the context of the gospel, the gospel that you're declaring, the gospel that you're receiving. What are the signs when it's tested? I want to show you this because even as we're talking about this, some of you, you may be under this bondage in 1 Timothy Bible says in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy is in the second half of the Bible for those who are new to Bible. 1 Timothy chapter 4. I want you to understand because there are signs. What is the result of what it is that you are hearing? What is the result of what it is that you have been being taught or that you are teaching? Because notice I said, don't be, beware of freedom thieves and don't become one. Because some of you are the ones that are enforcing things upon people. And your superstitions and the things that God has not commanded. You have adopted these things and you are putting them on other people. And so look, 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says in these latter times, some will depart from the truth by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. And what are these? Through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who who forbid marriage organizations that forbid people from being married well and require abstinence from foods that god created to be received with thanksgiving to those who believe and know the truth and so look in the old testament there were certain foods that were you were not allowed to eat because they were under the law and god had prescribed these things and told them they can't eat these things, the Jews, to separate them from the rest of the world. But now when you become a Christian, you're not, you're not a Jew. You are a Christian. You are a follower of Christ. And post-Christ, after Christ came and rose from death, now he has declared, and I'm not going to go into the big study, but all things clean. And here in the text, it's clear, he's making it clear that doctrines of devils, There are people who attach a dietary law to the gospel. And they tell you, not only do you have to put trust in Christ to be saved, but you need to also abstain from eating certain foods in order to be saved. Is it okay if I just hip you to the game? Because it's people who will come after you and try to destroy you and bring you into religious bondage by getting you to focus and think that you're earning favor with God by eating or not eating certain things. And you know, the funny thing is, there are people, I grew up, this is hilarious to me. I grew up thinking that it was, and being taught that it was a sin to eat bacon, right? Because bacon is unclean and bacon's going to send you to hell. But yet, the same organization I was a part of produced veggie bacon. So if bacon is wrong, why in the world am I making a veggie bacon? If it's wrong, why am I going to make a counterfeit? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm the only one that sees this thing. But we do. We, the same church that was teaching that people are going to hell for going to church on Sunday, we sing in their songs on Sabbath. So Kirk Franklin's going to hell because he go to church on Sunday, but I'm up singing and our choir singing his music. Hypocritical as all get out. And this is what I'm talking about. When you look at the fruit, what is the fruit of what's being taught? This is what I'm talking about. When you mark the bill. What is it? What is coming from it? Are people being delivered or are people entering into bondage? I want to challenge you. You've got to test. You've got to check. You've got to make sure. Is it causing people to be narcissistic? Is it causing people to say, look how holy I am because of how big my hat is in church? 
Look how holy I am because of how long I pray or because of what I do or don't do or what day I go to church on or what day I, or is it causing people to say, you know what? I'm a sinner and I'm in need of Jesus and I'm so grateful for what he did on the cross because outside of him, I wonder if I got one or two people in this place that know that outside of him, I would be headed to a devil's hell. Is it teaching you because this is popular that there's no, that you're not a sinner? No, don't say that stuff. That's archaic. You know, that's, you know, we're just, that's, that's, that's self-degrading. You are God and God is in you and you just need to, you know, don't confess. Don't say that. These are all attacks of the enemy to get you to focus on the fact. Come on. Even my daughter, I don't have to even teach my daughter to sin. She came out. I didn't tell her to try and teeth stuff from the candy jar. She came up doing it by herself. Why? Because the Bible says we're born in sin, shaped in iniquity. And so anything that's out there to self-help, oh, you, you can do it. You are wonderful. There is nobody like you. T taking the worship away from God and calling you to focus on yourself. Can I just deal with it today? And so I just come against this, this idolatrous, narcissistic, demon demonic system that would point you away from the cross and point you to the mirror. And then look at what he says, because this is serious stuff. He says in, in Galatians chapter 1, where we were, I'm going back there, I'm almost done. Verse 8, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one that was preached to you, let him be accursed. Everybody say accursed. And then we said it before, he says in verse 9, so we say it again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Yo, West Indian parents don't say things twice, fam. If my mother would say something to me, right, she said it one time and that is it. If my mom ever had to say the same thing again, mics out, lights out. And the Apostle Paul here in the text, he's saying this thing twice for emphasis. Here's point number three. No one is exempt from the consequences of tampering with the gospel. He says, he includes himself. He says, if myself, if an angel from heaven or if anyone else comes and tampers with the gospel, tells anyone, because that's what was happening, that they need to do anything but put trust in Christ for salvation and for, to be right with God. He says, let him be accursed. The apostle, one of the ones who the church was founded upon, he issued and declared a curse on anyone who walks to the faith. And there are many of us, there are many organizations that are cursed, that are walking in this position because of the declaration of a false gospel. Because they're bringing people into bondage as opposed to calling them to the freedom that exists by putting trust and faith in Christ. And I want you to be to a place where you don't ever get entangled in bondage, where you don't ever let anyone hinder you or pull you back from experiencing what it is that God has for you. God, does anybody else believe that God wants you to be free? When you circulate counterfeit money, I was researching and looking up, you can get anywhere from 15 to 20 years in prison for circulating a fake, intentionally circulating fake money. Because it jacks up the system, other people are affected, 
And consequently, and I saw some, some fines from $1,000 up to $250,000. All because of counterfeit money. So it is. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your title is. You know, there's some people, they think because they have the title bishop, they have the title apostle, they've been preaching and pastoring. It doesn't matter how long you've been pastoring. It doesn't matter how long you've been preaching. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter if you were there when Moses parted the Red Sea. If you tamper with the gospel, you, this is one of the few places, let them be anathema, is what it ultimately is saying. This is, this is one of the few places that we see in scripture where there's a curse issued to individuals in this sort of regard, in the New Testament context. So this is the seriousness. No one is exempt from this. And the fact of the matter is that this emphasis is there for importance. And so I end by saying, number four, you're asking, what do I do with this thing? What do I do with this thing in terms of freedom? I want you to be free from religious bondage. But here, here's point number four. You put it up on the screen for me. says, we must be guardians of the gospel. So the gospel is under attack. There are people who are attacking the gospel. And the last thing that you need to do in this moment is be to a place where you're indifferent. The last thing, that is not what you are called to be doing as a Christian. You're called to stand for the gospel. You're called to be a guardian of the gospel. In the book of, in the book, actually, I'm going to read this. In Jude is our last scripture. Jude is the last book of the Bible before Revel the book of Revelation. I know life group discussion is going to be great this week. Jude, Bible, Jude only has one chapter. But I want us to read Jude chapter, verses 1 onward. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. To those who are called, beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Look at what he says, verse 3. Beloved, though I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend. Everybody say contend. To contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in. Help us, God unnoticed who long ago were designated for the con this condemnation ungodly people who pervert the grace of god into sensuality and deny our only master and lord jesus christ he says be a guardian of the gospel contend for the faith don't let people continue to put counterfeits out there stand for truth know what you believe and don't let anyone attack the gospel and so there are some of you in here today you have not put trust in christ fully there's some of you you've raised your hand when we've made the altar call and you won't take the next step and be baptized you're not all the way in there you're like you see you want to straddle the fence you want to be okay with just saying you know what i'm cool with jesus on sunday but i'm not ready to make my to go all the way and make my life commit my life to him and I'm calling you out of mediocrity I'm calling you out of putting your trust in yourself and I'm calling you to put your trust in Christ don't let anybody hinder you don't let anybody deter you or make you think you got to do more it's not about trying harder it's about trusting harder and you never graduate from grace 